What's up, Hardos and Hardos? As Al said on the, the Al Travis show this You're morning. Quoting it's the second Al? to start the show? Absolutely. It's <laughs> one of the best sport days of the entire year. He put it like – didn't he put it second behind the Super Bowl? I don't know if I'll go that yeah. far. I think, I think maybe the start of March Madness a little, little better than that. But it's the start of the NBA Finals today, y'all. NBA Finals is kicking off here in about three, four hours. We'll talk about that later. But episode 60, Spinny, we're going to have to start getting creative with our guys here. Who do you got? I got Chuck Bedanek. That's all we uh, got. NFL legend. Hall of Famer. Yeah. I guess yeah. that's all we needed then. That's all we needed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there could have been a number 60. There might be a hockey, right? Hockey, I feel like, is the sport we might be missing one. But sorry yeah. if we missed someone obvious, our hockey fans, who probably aren't listening anyway. But we love you still. <clears throat> And on that sad and depressing hockey note, <laughs> let's let's get some music going. We got to start episode 60 off with some breaking headlines. They're all NBA related. We're approaching the offseason, as we all know. So things are starting to heat up. Coaches are getting hired. And that's what we're going to start with. Three coaches got hired since last time we talked. Adrian Griffin hired as the Bucks coach. For those that don't know him, that's AJ Griffin, uh, former Duke player, Hawks player now. That's his dad. So Adrian Griffin Sr., Nick Nurse hired as the 76ers coach, and Monty Williams hired as the Pistons coach. Uh, I didn't see if he was officially the highest-paid coach in the league, but he is, isn't he? Six, be. six years, 78.5 mil. Potential incentives base for up to eight years, 100 mil. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting $12 wow. million. Dollars. Like, what? I saw their salary cap table. He was like... I think there's maybe two or three players on the Pistons that are getting paid more than him. That's it. That is it. That is funny. Um, but they wanted him, and he turned down the job, right, and said he he was out on it. And then basically it sounds like they called him back, and they're like, hey, can we pay you more money? So makes sense. I mean, I would pro- – the Pistons have some upside, and I I would take that job for 12 – over over 12 mil a year i'm taking it give it to me yeah so do you think it makes sense from their perspective though obviously yeah, it makes sense i think Monty's good with a young team and i think he like they don't expect a lot for a while so like yeah excuse me he's gonna have a long leash and those first couple of years like they just want him to like be borderline playoff like playing team that's all they're looking for like as long as you're that within like a couple of years, you'd be fine, you know. Yeah, establish an identity as a team, you know. That's definitely what they, what to do with this. Cade and Jay yeah. Melody. And who's a 
Man, I'm drawing a blank. Jalen Duran. Yeah. He might turn into a stud athletic freak. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, it obviously makes sense to hire a veteran coach with all those young guys and establish identity, and hopefully that'll uh, get things rolling for them. How about uh, Adrian Griffin and Nick Nurse? That one kind of puzzles me. I He was obviously – Adrian Griffin I'm getting at. Um, that He was obviously in talks with a lot of these teams. Um, but I don't know much about his coaching history other than he was just an assistant coach, obviously. What do you think about that other – not going for or not getting Nick Nurse, not going for Monty Williams, uh, going the Adrian Griffin route for the Bucs. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want Monty Williams as the box. Nick Nurse I thought was good, but it sounds like he wasn't interested in that job. So Yeah, it was uh it was the Suns or Sixers for him, right? Yeah. That's all he was really uh, debating on. Which I want to see him with the Suns. That that I thought was going to be better. I definitely did not want to see him with the Sixers. I think he's going to do some good things with them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with James Harden, if they can get Fred Van Vliet, like all that type of stuff will kind of figure itself out. Because, like, I'm telling you what right now, I'm not scared of Embiid, Fred Van Vliet, and Tyrese Maxey. Not scared as Boston or Milwaukee. Not scared. No, I wouldn't be either. No. Not scared. No. No. I mean, what? Fred's like, uh, I think he shot like 39% last year from the field. Like, who cares? Yeah, he's good, but. He has playoff experience, but who cares? And, it's not really going to push you over the top. And biggest choker in MVP history, Joel Embiid, doesn't, doesn't uh, scare me too much either. I mean, I, I love the guy. Amazing player. Unbelievable. 33-whatever-a-game. But, uh. I get to call him that because he's the only MVP never to make conference finals. So I get to I know. actually really. call him that and not be just a jerk. So I'm going to take it. about Adrian Griffin, though? Nick Nurse makes sense. Adrian Griffin. I guess all I got to say about that. Did they that, have a better option? No, I guess not really. Like, sure, there's other assistants across the league that they could have hired, but like, is that quote unquote a better option? Probably not. I guess I did see the running. Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, other than Nick Nurse, obviously. Um, but I did see that this is like Giannis's dude. Like he loves Adrian Griffin, though. Yeah. So that obviously is why they chose him and not ultimate. If that's why, then that's a good decision. Because yeah. that's you gotta keep him in goal number one for the rest of Giannis's career is keep him in Milwaukee. It's please him, yes. <laughs> number one franchise goal is do whatever this man wants. Yeah, literally. So, so then we got – so that's a little coach carousel for you all. We got two teams left to hire a coach. Budenholzer is available, obviously, still. Uh, Kevin Young is rumored to be the favorite for the Suns job, but uh, the Raptors job would be the other opening. Suns and Raptors are the last two. So we might be talking about that next week already. I'm sure that's going to be – uh, finalized here shortly. Oh, C's aren't going to fire Joe. Joe Maz is safe. They they came out and said that already? They even said that in a press conference this afternoon. I did not see Joel that. Joe Maz not getting fired, according to Brad Stevens. What are they going to do? We talked about uh, bringing in a more experienced assistant. Now they ultimately the don't have – they ultimately don't have any other choice now since yeah. – this leads to our other headline, three, right? Or was it four? Three assistant three. coaches left. Yep. Left the Boston Celtics to go and join Ime Adoka's staff. 
I find this absolutely hilarious. It just shows that all the coaches loved him, all the all the players loved him. They obviously the situation it, it is what it is, and ultimately they probably did have to fire him. But uh, <laughs> this is this is biting them in the butt, that's for sure. Yeah, Ben Sullivan, Aaron Miles, and Mike Moser, all three guys dipping dipping out. Going. Were they front row coaches? <laughs> we'll have to see. Uh, I don't, I don't we, know anything about their staff, but I just wish we had some. I'd be interested to see assistant coach rumors for Boston. No idea if he would even want an assistant coaching job, but like, would you? Would you like uh, someone like Mike Budenholzer coming on? Or no? No. I mean. Is there anybody better? I, I guess. I mean, I guess he's probably got to be good at something, right? Like he's got to be good at like teaching something. Can he get Jalen Brown to dribble with his left hand? Like if he can do that, I mean, I mean, can, he, can anybody do that? Can we? Can Let's we just bring it. someone in that can figure that out? Because I'd pay that guy a lot of money. That guy's getting seven figures from me if he can. He can figure that shit out. Honestly. Man, I don't, I don't know if that's going to be figured out, though. Honestly. It's got to be. There's no way. This, I'm sorry. Little tangent for five seconds, but there's no way he doesn't go into this offseason and only work on that. Especially if they but get like, a tag. No, I totally agree. But, like, he's had to have been doing that already, right? Like, this but was like, a known issue for a couple of years now. People were calling him out last year already. Like, especially in the finals, like. Yeah, he was the best player in the finals for the Celtics last year. But anytime he turned the ball over, it's because he went to his left hand. He can't dribble. I just don't get it. He's the only top 20 player, top 25 player in the league that can't dribble. The only one. And he does everything else so well. His shot selection has gotten so good. Yeah. That's one thing I do love about Jalen. I mean, there was some moments in the final or in the Eastern Conference finals where his shot selection wasn't good. But – I attribute that more to how the offense was looking and him just being like, like that one possession where he stood there for like 10 seconds and then just looked around and like nobody did anything. And, and then I just shot, shot it. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, that stuff's stupid. But that to me is more, more uh, off seas offense issues. But anyways, let's get back. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll dive a little at. more into that. I'm going to have to get some more of your, your thoughts and opinions on the Celtics as a whole later when we talk about the playoffs. Our last headline, though, Bob Myers steps down as Warriors GM. I think it's over. I think it's officially over. Maybe it's not, but I'm pretty confident saying the dynasty is over, Spinny. Um, they have Draymond with a player option, so he might not even be on the team next year. Clay has a player option. He's going to accept it because it's like 40 mil. He knows he ain't getting that anywhere else. Uh, so he's maybe gone after next year. Um, Steve Kerr, next season is his last year under contract. There's a lot of rumors that he's going to take over for Popovich and San Antonio, which, which I don't really why? get. Why? Yeah, I don't really get that either. Get but Well, I mean, it's because he Victor. played for him, right? And Victor, I suppose. And Victor, too. But, like, he played for Popovich. So that would be, like, yeah. the connection of San Antonio, right? I guess. You want to shit. I get it. But there hasn't been any traction with – well, now that Bob Myers steps down, like I think that almost solidifies him leaving the Warriors because the new GM is probably going to want to hire his guy or like, you know what I mean? 
Don't you think or no? It's Steve Kerr. Are you gonna get any better? I know. You're but not getting any better. That's you're the not. Thing. Like you might want to go a different direction, but it's like he's top five coach in the league. Yeah. You'd rather have Mike Budenholzer or what? Because that's what we're looking at. Oh, yeah. That's the downgrade we're looking at right now. And who knows? Maybe Victor will be this unstoppable, amazing player. And then Kerr obviously would go there. Yeah. But is Pop going to retire? I just find it, that weird. Pop, I mean, waited, Pop endured all, this, that. all these crap teams for this long, for this little stretch. He endured this. He gets the number one pick, a guy that has unbelievable upside, and then he retires. It just doesn't make sense. Like, why why grind it out for this just to retire right when it happens? Yeah. That, that is a very good point. He is 74 years old, though. So, like, he's getting up there. Yeah. He got a good 10 years left. 10? 10. He's going to be on the sideline until he's 84? Are you kidding me? How old's Coach K? Coach K is in his 80s. Coach K, he's got to be close, right? He is 76 years old. <laughs> so, yeah, I think Pop's getting there. He's getting close there. Huge. Well, if our, president, if our president can be 80, Greg Popovich should be able to be 80, right? Not wrong. I mean, he is the president of the Spurs. so <laughs> Maybe they hire a GM. Maybe they hire Bob Myers. And then Pop what, just coaches. And then when he really wants to be done, then Kerr dips. Bob Myers has been linked to uh, Washington because he's from there. The Wizards would – it's kind of like the Pistons situation where the Wizards would just give him the bag, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're the Wizards, you do that. You give him whatever. You do it right away. Yeah. Whatever. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I so, mean, I'd fire Tim Connolly and, and give him whatever he wanted right now as the Wolves. Bob Myers could have yeah. my house. I'd, I'd rent yes. my house right at this yeah. point if he could be our GM. Literally. So, before we transition, Spinny, answer these questions. Is Bob Myers done? Is he actually going to retire or is he going to go with another team? And two, obviously, is the Warriors dynasty over? I think it's either Washington or TV type job. And I could see I, that. I lean TV or broadcasting or agents or something like I feel like he is still wanting to work and do something cool. He just doesn't want to grind the grind that it takes to be the GM at this point. And right. so the only way he would is like you said, if he's going back home and that's just kind of a can I make my hometown team good, which I get like if I was ever a successful NBA or NFL or NBA GM. Like at the end of my career, I'd be coming back here for sure to try to. It'd be ultimate goal. It'd be like if I can, if I can get a Minnesota team to win a championship, that's just that's, going in the history books. Yeah, going in the that's history books. Sure. You're just the goat, then. So yeah. I get that perspective, but I just think I think TV or podcasting or agent is more likely. Dynasty over. Dynasty over. Nah, mm, mm, no. They got another year. No, in regards to like maybe making a West Conference Finals run, or you they actually can, think they, they could win the another finals. title? Yeah, they could. Especially if they can figure out Jordan Poole or trade 
Jordan Poole or something. That's um, a possibility. I think it could. I think it could work. All right. Kyrie Irving? Question mark? Or not? I don't know. I too much. I'm guard. still. Too I'm still leaning into Kyrie being a, a Maverick. Honestly. Yeah. What forwards are available though? They need a wing or a forward. Who? Man, I don't really know. That's the thing. Like, what are we? <laughs> There's not really many wings available. Everyone, everyone's always wanting a wing. You know what I mean? Because they're guards. Are, there's a zillion of them in the league, dude. That's why it never made sense to pay him that money from the get go. Because you could, you can find somebody to replace Jordan Poole 100. He's replaced anybody. Really? Yes. Any fish and scores? Wow. Wow. Hard. Never seen one of those hard. in the NBA. Hard to find them. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The Jalen Greens of the world. Exactly. Also, There's a zillion. I saw this Red Van a zillion of them. Speaking of that, RJ Barrett came to mind. I saw this tweet today. I just had to shout it out because it was so unbelievable. I literally, like, said, what the, in the middle of it. I already know what you're talking about. You're talking about the bus? The tweet? bus? No, maybe not. No. I saw a tweet that was listing a bunch of players that – all third year or less, and they were like saying they're bust already, like RJ Barrett and like oh, Kate Cunningham. And I was like, My, my, it did include RJ Barrett, and this was a comment related back to a Wolves thing that RJ Barrett was better than Anthony Edwards, was as good as Anthony Edwards. <laughs> That's what I, I was just like, Wow. You can tell people don't watch the Wolves. That's for sure. Huh? You can tell media members don't watch the Wolves. What? Yeah. <laughs> RJ oh, Barrett man. and Anthony Edwards equal in that's, basketball talent. That's unreal. <laughs> right? I don't know what that person. That, that's NBA Twitter for you, man. They don't know what the hell it is. It's about. unbelievable. People have takes just for takes. Sorry, we've gone too long in this segment. We got anything else on the news before we wrap it up? No, I think we can uh, jump to our new segment. We're going to actually do some fancy baseball, finally. We're going to start with our very own Noops and Flukes segment. Exact same as Studs and Does that we did for football. Just gave it a little baseball spin to it. Um, Spinny, why don't you give me one of your Nukes, someone who's been absolutely killing it in fantasy to start this season? Nukes, Wander Franco. Love it. Took a shot on him in our fantasy league. That's where I got this guy from. Everybody was sleeping on him, thinking he was going to whatever. But, uh, yeah, fifth most points among batters. For reference, I'm not counting Otani as a batter because his points are no, whatever. I, so yeah. this is discluding him. Yeah. Uh, fifth most points among batters. His ADP was the 33rd batter on ESPN and 56th overall across – all fantasy baseball platforms. So, yeah, I I think he has been unbelievable so far. The Rays obviously have been unbelievable. That uh, will kind of be a commonality on my list. Uh, I just wanted to credit, too, the stats for this came from fantasypros.com, which averages Yahoo, ESPN, CBS, and three other fantasy baseball platforms and just averages their uh, numbers. And that's what I've used for batting ADP. So sometimes I'll mention the ESPN one specifically because that's what uh, I use most commonly for fantasy, but also I have this number that has averaged uh, other fantasy platforms. So that's where we're getting more numbers from. Yeah, 
I, I second that. My numbers are going to be uh, the same. I took them from that that side as well. My stud, one of them, Nathan Valdi, used to be Boston Red Sox last year. Now his first year on the Texas Rangers. I did mention fourth season started. If he's able to take a jump, uh, the Rangers could be a sleeper team. Adolis Garcia is another guy that I mentioned. Their their stud outfielder. He's also a nuke so far this year. But Nathan Ovaldi, man, this is unreal. ADP 70, 70th pitcher. He is currently SP5, the fifth ranked pitcher. What? Like, I don't, I can't even comprehend that jump. That is unreal. 20 points per game, already 224 total points. He's seven and two already this year with a 2 4 ERA. Just incredible start for this man. I mean, seven wins two months into the season. I mean, he he's on pace for twenty. Like that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, he he has been ridiculous. Well, for me, um, my second nuke also comes from the Tampa Bay Rays. Common uh, theme here. You just picking your own fancy guys here. Are you gonna say Randy Rosarena? Of course I am. Just wanted to say, draft Tampa Bay Rays is a good strategy for fantasy this year. Uh, hitter number 15 on ESPN, and he was the, had an ADP of 40th on ESPN and 49th overall between all platforms. So you're loving it right now. You're loving having Randy. He's been raking. Uh, hasn't really put it together in previous years other than the playoffs. That's like, what I was, playoffs I was just going to say that. Not like fantasy-wise, super relevant, but this year, he's just putting it together. The Rays lineup's putting it together, um, but yeah, he, he's been playoff Randy in the regular season this year, so fantasy play, people are loving that. I was going to say, I don't think he's ever finished as a top 50 batter. No. Fantasy. So I, took a late, even, I took a late shot on him. He was my yeah, no, for sure, but like even, even being top 50 ADP was a little surprising to me. I thought for sure he'd have been outside of that. Yeah. My guys. Obviously, sorry, too. I want to just clarify this really quick. When I'm talking about ADP, I'm among batters or among pitchers, if they're a batter or a pitcher, not overall ADP. Right. So just. Yeah, his ADP would have been way lower if you were including pitchers in that. Yeah. 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 For sure. This guy is even lower, way lower than that. Obviously, he's a rookie. That's Corbin Carroll. He was my NL ROI pick. He's definitely looking like he's going to be it if he's able to keep this up. His ADP was 89th, barely even a top 100 projected batter. And I don't, uh, he's 25th right now. That might be off by a couple uh, if I miscounted, but he's the 11th ranked outfielder. He's almost an OF1, which is unreal to think about as a rookie. He already has 16 stolen bases. That's kind of what he's known for. Uh, I did mention that he's kind of like a Stephen Kwan good contact hitter and fast. He's a good base runner. He's going to score a lot of runs. He's going to get lots of home bases. That's exactly what he's doing. Uh, he's batting 285, 34 runs already, and 16 stolen bases. Those are his highlight stats. Unreal start, and that's why uh, – or he's part of the reason why the Diamondbacks have been a surprise to many, many people so far to start this season. Should we jump to flukes now? Quick guy I want to shout out quick on Nukes, Cody Ballinger, top 10 batter before he got injured. This guy's just picking his own players. I'm shouting this one out because I got Cody in the last round of the draft. 
That's true. Pick two hundred and four or something like that. So, yeah. Big shout out to myself. Big dub. Big dub. Hey, well, you took that gamble how many years in a row now? It's finally paying off. To pay off. Yeah. Third year's the charm, huh? I've had him every year since NL MVP, so we're loving it. Yeah, you got him in round twenty-one. Just looked. Flukes, oh man, Spinny's out here calling out all of his his monsters who've been ranking on his team. My first two flukes, I'm saying them together because they've been equally disappointing, and those are my two most valuable players, both of them pitchers, Sandy Alcantara, the reigning Cy Young, and Dylan Cease, second place in Cy Young for the AL last year. <sighs> this is This is so embarrassing how bad they've been. Sandy, what do you think his ADP was? Petra's obviously only. Two? Four. Yeah. SP four. What what is he right? What is he right now? Gotta be like 58. That's damn close. SP 55. Mm-hmm. 51 spots lower than he was projected. Dylan Seath was SP 12 to start, and he is SP 48. This is Awesome. I'm not even going to tell you their stats. They're flirting with five ERAs. That's all you need to know is that drop right there. Just on. Hey, I trade you uh, Trent Grisham back if you want him. <laughs> we, can, we can just uh, flip flop that trade right back around if you uh, want to get rid of Sandy. You know, if you're getting tired of him, you can. What's his back. name? God, the pitcher I gave you is probably not even on a team. Yeah, I can't even. Was it JT Brubaker or something like that? Yeah, it was. It was. (laughs) I don't know if that man's even on a team. So, yeah, that's tough. Get better. Gosh. Yeah. Also, speaking of pitchers that suck, uh, this is this is a hate on me and a a bad draft. Wasted a mid-round pick on this man, Mister King of giving up seven earned runs every other start. Lance Lynn. Unbelievably bad. Drafted as, Twins yeah, drafted as the 36th pitcher uh, overall ADP. He right now, where do you think he is? Say that again, 33rd? 36. Okay. And he is now 74. 63. 63. SP7 uh, for Lance Lynn. Had some good starts, but had some really, really bad ones too. So hopefully we can get a little more consistency from the man. Hey, he's an SP7. Sandy's an SP6. That should make you feel a little better. That does make (laughs) me feel better, honestly. That Because, yeah, I can't wait to beat you this year. Ooh, it's awesome. I love having a better team than Boston Fantasy. It's one of my favorite things in life. First time ever. Oh, do you have any more duds? Otherwise, I'm going to roast this one man real quick, and we'll jump on to our other Yeah, segment. last dud, one of my one of my hometown boys, Byron Buxton. Uh, even with injury history, he was the 53rd overall batter taken in the draft. He right now is batter number 100. Terrible. Exactly 100? 100, exactly. Counted it twice. Terrible for Byron Buxton. So I have to do it to him. Hopefully this will be like uh inspiration for him. Yeah, a little inspiration. I believe in you, Buck, but you gotta step the up, boy. Because this this stuff 
buddy, you got to step up. So that's tough. It'd be hilarious to look and see how many of his – what percentage of his fancy points were scored in the first, like, three weeks because he started pretty well to the season. And then it's just been roller coaster drops since then. This man, my last dud, or dud, fluke. Sorry, baseball. Trey Turner. What what is he doing? This is like a, a first round player, ADP 12. This guy's getting drafted in the first round, second round, and every single draft. He has 89 total points. He hasn't even eclipsed 100 fancy points yet this year. He is shortstop. What do you think? What shortstop is he? Rank-wise, right now. Obviously drafted as SS1 or 2 or, you know, but what is he? 17. Damn close. 18. Ooh. 18th shortstop. We're talking Trey Turner. Like, Especially what? with the stolen base rules, too. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's he's known for scoring runs, right, and getting stolen bases and doing this all-around production. He only has 27 runs. That's, that's pretty much average. A lot of players uh, towards the top. 40 plus already. So he's that much behind the leaders. Like he's usually top five in MLB and run scored. Stolen bases, seven, only seven. There's plenty of dudes with 15 plus already. There's dudes up. Asterio Reese has like almost 30. Like I'm not necessarily expecting that, but seven with these new rules. I don't know what Trey Turner's doing. Uh, at some point within the last two weeks, he finally eclipsed the stats he had in the World Baseball Classic. In just those few games, he had better stats than in this season. So that's all you need to know about how bad Trey Turner has been. That is terrible. Now, our other fancy segment, we're going to do keeper cut. I think it transitions pretty well, talking from flukes. So all these guys we're about to talk about are, are borderline flukes here. So, Spinny, give me a list of some dudes here. All right. We did not share this with each other, so this is going to no, be a we little... did not off-the-top-of-your-head uh, comparison. Michael Harris, outfielder, Atlanta. Okay, Michael Harris. I would say I don't know his, his fantasy numbers. I know it's terrible. It's probably around 1.5 points per game. Uh, last year, he was probably in that 2-5 range. I would say hold on to him for a little longer. That's Normally, I would say drop him just because he's an outfielder and there's always a ton of outfielders in free agency. I would say hold on to him a little bit longer. This is the defending rookie of the year, even though I don't think he should have won. His teammate Strider should have won. He's the defending rookie of the year on an amazing team, a World Series favorite. Keep him for a little longer and and see if he's able to turn it around. One one point per game so far. 35 points. 35 total points on the season for Michael. 35? Yeah. Ownership and down to 69% of leagues, hitting 174, two home runs, and eight RBIs. That's his that's his stat line for this year. So oh, you keeping or cutting him? Ooh, I'm still keeping him a little. I think he's okay. I think we saw the upside, like you said, rookie there. Patrick Wisdom. Patrick Wisdom. I would assume since you're throwing this name out there, he is starting to fall off. He hit a lot of home runs at the beginning of the year. I would say go ahead and cut him. I don't think he's ever really been fancy relevant. You're probably not going to get anything trade-wise. Go ahead and drop him. Yeah. Uh, down, he's at two points per game, uh, owning only 25% of leagues, 96 total points, 14 homers, 28 RBIs. Obviously, though, a lot of those were early. So, yeah, I, I'm i going to say keep, but I like it. 
Really? Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant. Obviously, I would say he's on the 10-day IL right now, starting from yesterday. Right. So. I would say hmm, it's this one's really tough. I want to say keep, but I don't know. I think I think I might I might uh, be ready to pass on Ooh. Chris Bryant. That's crazy to say. I know I just said keep an outfielder and Michael Harris, but I think you can drop safely drop Chris Bryant. Plays in hitter friendly park, Coors Field. So, you know, there's always that. And obviously he has he has history. He's been good in the past. Um, but last year, the year before that, and now this year, injury, injury, injury. Like he's always on the IL. Do you really want to hold on to him on your IL spots? You're limited two or three IL spots, whatever you have in your league. Like, I don't know. Just drop him, honestly. That's what I would do. Chris Bryant dropped. And last but not least, a guy who was included on my duds segment. And I had it on here because I want you to help me out in in our fantasy league, Lance Lynn. I'm not going to help you out. You you want me to answer if you should drop this man? Yeah, Lance Lynn. All right. Lance Lynn. Not just for me. The Hardys and Hardos want to know. Lance Lynn. Man, this one is really tough. I'm going to say hold on to him a little longer. Last year, he went through a similar stretch. He was hurt, came back from the IL. He went through a similar stretch to start his season uh, where he was, you know, seven runs allowed one game, you know, negative 10 fancy points, and all of a sudden his next start, he's scoring 30. Uh, He did that basically for the first month or two last year, and then all of a sudden he just started exploding, dropping 20-plus fancy points every single start and finished damn near SP2. Um, so I'd give Lance Lynn a little more time in hopes that he turns it around like he did last year. Not bad. That is the list of people. Wow. I am so shocked we didn't – I didn't have anybody that you just said. So now I have – so I have a lot of people written down. I'm going to – I don't think I'm going to pick and choose here. All right. First one, Alex Manoa. Man, I got to think. I can't. Blue Jays, right? Blue Jays. Yeah. He was. Uh, They've been not good. Vegas odds, though, have them still second. So, or first, maybe. They think they're going to come back. I'm going to say keep. I, I, think, I think he'll do better. I'm not really sure what his fantasy stats look like, so we're taking a shot in the dark, but I'm going to say keep. They're brutal, like absolutely brutal, even more disappointing than Cease and Alcantara so far. This man is position ranked 123. He is averaging 4.9 points per game as a starting 123? Yeah, he is averaging 4.9 points. Spinny, this is without injuries too. He's been healthy all season, and he only has 59 points as a pitcher. One and six. With a 5.46 ERA, Alex Manoa stats. Owned in 75% of leagues. I do agree with you, though. I'm keeping him for a little longer. Uh, He was obviously a monster last year, SP1, or for sure an SP2 at the very least. And so I'd keep him a little longer just because of that. Like you said, his team is good. But it's a short leash, man. 
Like this, this happens. Pitchers in their second, third year, they start to get figured out by the batters. That's when you see a little dip before they start to climb back up. So this might well, be a bad year. For be a top 100 pitcher, for goodness sakes, to be on I know. a team. That's what I'm saying. Unreal. Unreal. All right. Next one, Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber. So he is he not hitting dingers? I feel like he's not as much. Because last year, right, we were talking top. He yeah, was top be, three, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's on the Phillies. I'm going to say keep. I just think the upside's still good. I feel like he's probably not hitting for average, but has decent home runs or something. Like it's something along those lines. So maybe you hit it right on the nose. A little bit. Yeah. I'm going to say keep. You hit it right on the nose. 163 is his bad average. He's well below the Mendoza line right now, but he does have 13 home runs. So hopefully he's able to get that bad average up to at least like 220. And then you're sitting pretty good fancy-wise, but he's only got 102 points on the season with 1.9 points per game. A reason why I brought him up is because he was just dropped in our league the other day. So he's still owned in 90% of leagues. So I'm with you, Spinny. I'll probably keep him a little longer, though. Jose Abreu. Man, he's been terrible. Like, terrible, terrible. Brutal. I had him on my team. If yeah, answers your question. <laughs> yeah, you gotta cut him. I mean, he's got to be in the range of Mike. He's got to be in Michael Harris' range, right? That's that's how bad we got to be talking. Hundred percent. You're yeah, so. pretty much spot on there again. He's got fifty three points, one point per game. So yeah, pretty much Michael Harris. Yeah, he. Bing. What's concerning with Abreu though is obviously he's like thirty six years old. He's old. Yeah. He seems like he's lost all of his power. He only has one home run, one. And he's batting 211, so he's not even giving you the average. So it's like, why Why even have him? Yeah, why is he on the team, yeah. All right, my last one. I um, kind of want to do another pitcher. So I'll, let's go Let's go, Joe Musgrove. Joe Musgrove. So San Diego hasn't been as good as expected. They've still been okay. But he's oh man. He's gotta be. Man. I wonder this how may, bad he's been. This this man might not have been the best one to say, just because he did start the season hurt. Yeah. So he's only played six or seven games, I think, so far. Give him some more time. Still on I'm guessing, oh man, like 70-ish maybe? 81% of leagues. Really? Okay. So then, yeah, give him another give him another few starts. Give him 12 starts. So I'd give him another four or five matchups, see what's going on. Um, obviously, yeah, after three matchups, if you're getting four negative starts in three matchups, then, you know, maybe play it a little bit different if that's your fantasy type. But but give him, give him a little bit longer leash. Yeah, I'm definitely in agreement there. He is two and two but he has a 5-6 ERA in his seven starts or six starts, whatever he has. He has 59 points on the season. That's it. But he has 43 of them in his last two starts. Yeah. So he's, he's trending in the right direction. He has 23 and 20 in his last two starts. So I would definitely hold on to Musgrove 
like Spinney said, for at least three or four more starts and see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that was it for fantasy. We are now going to talk about the NBA playoffs as the NBA finals are starting tonight. Oh, this is exciting. No, it's not. Maybe it's not for you because your team lost. But it's exciting to me because I don't have to watch the freaking stupid Celtics in the finals. Why don't you want to watch the fun, exciting, do-or-die Celtics in the finals? Because I hate Boston fans. Screw Boston teams. I hate them. <laughs> I hate them all. You don't even the- dislike the team. You dislike the fans. Yeah. Why? What do Boston fans do to you? I hate – well, one, they're racist. As hell. Okay, well, yeah, okay. That's that's <laughs> well, yeah, okay. So you can't even deny it. Oh, I, no. What do you mean? I'm not, and I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about yeah. like people actually in the Boston, legit yeah. Boston fans. Yes. Like I hate the I hate the Red Sox. I hate the Patriots. Like I don't mind the Celtics. I definitely love a lot of the guys on our team, but I just can't stand their fans. So I don't want them to rejoice after winning. You know, like, I don't want them to experience the celebration, so screw that. Yeah, You're probably also mad that Tatum's better than any Kentucky player ever, so that probably is a that better is cap. Too. That's cap. Is it? It is cap. Name. All right, Spinny, give me your uh, give me a quick reaction for the ending of the Heat Celtics, since that was your team, and then we'll jump into what we think about this finals. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> <laughs> That's YouTube exclusive, but on par, on par. I just, if any team was going to work all the way back and then, what are, we're shooting 25% in game six and game seven from three, 25, the team that was shot top three from three this season, we're shooting 25%, two games in a row, sick, sweetness. Malcolm Brogdon might as well have not played. And the only time we did good is when Derek White had the damn ball. It was the only guy that knew what the hell was going on during that game was Derek White. Which is crazy. Ridiculous. And then Tatum, of course, it's like, I get it. Like, he did not look like himself, and he was grimacing every single time he was landing. I get it. But it is a little like, come on, man, when that's the first thing he says in out of the thing in the that in his in the press conference. It's just like, yeah, you know. But he he said that myself. first. Yeah. It's just like you're right. I get it. It hampered you, but I just think he could have done a slightly better job. And the loss of that cost Jalen Brown to try too hard and try to go to his left too much. And have the exact same amount of turnovers as the Heat had in the game. So it's just and that included Jimmy. Their eighth turnover was Jimmy in dead ball time. So it was basically seven turnovers actually during the game. Brown had more than them in live play. Just dumb. Dumb. Expected though, kind of. Kind of expected. It's that just the, not... the 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 Jekyll side of the Celtics came came too far. And they shouldn't have lost game three. They shouldn't have lost game three. No, they shouldn't have. That's that's the thing. If they hadn't lost game three, then we wouldn't be talking about the same thing. It's the most this season, I will say, this season Celtics thing ever, like you said, to come back 
well, one, to put yourself in a 3-0 hole against an eight seed. And then two, come back from said 3-0 hole to tie the series 3-3 and force a game seven on your home court to only lose to an eight seed by 20 points in game seven. Because you couldn't shoot. Because you couldn't shoot the one thing you do. And because Eastern Conference Finals MVP snub, biggest snub in the history of the award, biggest snub in the history of the award, Caleb Martin. Do we watch the series or do we just pick the biggest name and give it to him? Because Caleb Martin deserved that crap. He balled every game, 20 points, good shooting, all time. Unbelievable. Had more points than Jalen Brown in the series. Unbelievable. You he can't did. win if you're Boston and Caleb Martin outscores Jalen Brown. Can't happen. I mean, Jalen Brown had more shots than points even in those yeah, series. Not a good series for him, but you still got to give him the bag. You still got to give him the bag. Get some better coaches on the bench and figure it out. Just someone to hold them accountable. Someone to be Marcus Smart as a coach. That's what they needed. That's what Ime was. I feel like Ime was an asshole, kind of. But, like, it's just what they needed. They just needed a hard ass, you know? And Joe Maz? I don't know. I don't know if Joe Maz is a hard ass. I don't think he is either. I mean, this man is Jimmy Butler's age, pretty much. They played each other in college. Yeah. Marquette and West Virginia, I think Missoula played at, I want to say. And there's a chance Jimmy Butler could out-coach him in this series. Yeah. The Heat, though, I mean, this got to be kind of transitioning here to the NBA Finals. This got to be, like, the best, easily the best in our lifetime, but I want to say all-time finals run. We're talking an eight seed, first eight seed to ever, at least out of the Eastern Conference, make the NBA Finals. Their second best scorer, you know, Bam's obviously their second best player, but the second best scorer isn't the playing, Knicks, hasn't the played. Made the finals as an eight seed. Really? I was seeing all over that this was the first eight seed out of the East. Or maybe it was the Eastern Conference Finals only? I don't know. But I thought oh. the Knicks made the finals as an eight seed. But either way, first or second team out of the East to make the eight seed or to make the finals, you know, the second best scorer is out. You have you beat the one seed in the first round in five games. You beat the two seed in the Eastern Conference Finals. Makes no sense. Like, how are they in the NBA Finals right now? And then, meanwhile, they're facing this Denver Nuggets team who's just been destroying teams all season. They've been the one seed in the West since the middle of December. Like, literally a month and a half into the season, they've been the one seed. I don't know what to think of this Finals. It's going to be absolutely a dogfight. I do think it's going to be a dogfight. I think probably Nuggets and six is going to be my pick. They're going to be close games. All of them. Uh, 1999 Knicks made it to the finals as an eight seed as well and lost to the Spurs. Um, I hope it's good games. I don't know. I kind of feel like Denver might blow them out. Like, I, I pick... Miami in game one on the Al Travis show this morning just to take a shot in the dark. And I've been pondering this for three days, really just like who I'm going to pick, where I'm going to go. You know, it's, it's kind of an important um, take spot here. 
But I just have to take Denver. I just think that they might be too good. They might blow them out. I don't know. I think they'll They are really freaking good. KCP might do a better job on Caleb Martin, which is ridiculous. The Celtics couldn't guard Caleb Martin. But the Celtics – KCP will definitely do a better job. The Celtics' defense against three-point shots against versus Miami was terrible. They gave Miami so many open threes throughout the series because traditionally Miami doesn't make them, but they made them. I think Denver's going to do a better job taking away the three-point shot. Plus, they just so many guys like who – I don't know. I just – I think the physicality of Denver is going to be hard for Miami to – deal with which is funny to say but like Aaron Gordon and Jokic like who are they putting on Aaron Gordon because like Jimmy's got to guard MPJ right at least a they're going to be smaller at all times pretty much yeah yeah but they're going to be smaller so and Jamal Murray when he's when he's on which he has been has been every bit as good as Jimmy Butler this playoffs and if, yeah one and one if, could even make the argument better even yeah and if your second best player is as good as the other team's best player and you have another player better than that that just doesn't bode well for the other team no no i would be yeah, shocked yeah. it's gonna take a replica of the east conference finals um from Cody martin he's gonna have, have to average at least 20 again Bam's yeah. going to have to increase his play. He's going to have to play better. Jimmy's going to have to at Bam's the bare minimum. Stay out of foul trouble against Jokic. Which is not happening. Yeah. Bam. That's what I'm worried about for Bam. Yeah. And Jimmy is going to have to play at least just as good, if not better. Probably better. And then they also are going to need Tyler Hero to come back. There's just so many factors that they need to happen or need them to have. And happen. I just don't see it. Yeah. I just don't see it. And – I don't know. The Nuggets are a legit team, man. A lot of people not watching them, obviously. They're, you know, they're the Denver Nuggets. Like, they're like the Minnesota Timberwolves, Oklahoma City Thunder. Like, they're in flyover country. So, a lot of, like, the media and even people that aren't, like, huge NBA fans but tune into the playoffs have never really understood how good this team is. But they have everything. Everything. Finishing around the rim. Playmaking. Shot, shot creating. Shot making. They have it all. I don't know. I just don't get what they're going to be able – uh, to stop Denver on like what, like, cause you obviously have to pick and choose something, right? Like the obvious, the obvious answer is to stop Jokic, right? Okay. What are you going to do when Jamal Murray comes off the pick and roll that you're just going to focus all your attention on, on Jokic and give Jamal Murray a wide open driving lane. No, you're probably going to help, which means wide open Michael Porter for three wide open KCP for three. You know what I mean? Like exactly like you, like you said a little bit ago about how the Celtics are getting open looks I don't think the Nuggets are going to miss these shots. I really don't. Especially with home court. They haven't even lost the game, right? They're undefeated at home this playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. They are, I'm pretty sure. So it's like, I don't know. I just don't get what they're going to take away from the Nuggets. The Nuggets just have too many answers. Yeah. Especially if MPJ is hitting contested stupid shots that he takes at the rate that he's been. And if Jokic and Murray are both 50, 40, 90, essentially, like. You're not well, winning. Like, you just can't beat that. No, it's just too too efficient. But Spo and Jimmy probably win a game or two. 
I think again, yeah. Spo is significantly better than Michael Malone. So that'll probably do it up. They can't run zone against this team either. That's the other thing. They can't do that like they did at Boston. No, Jokic will call Jokic that stands up. in the middle of that zone and it's it's over. It's over. He take he takes that stand in the middle and then you're just screwed. Well, that's why I think it's over no matter what. Like that's even in man. If Jokic catches the ball in the middle of the floor around the free throw line, you're done. You lost. I know. They're scoring. You literally can't let him catch it in the paint. Ever. No, it's over. Or around the free throw line. It's over. Yeah. He's it's already sixty percent chance he's gonna make it or shoot a dime to a forty percent three point shooter. Yeah. And Bam, he's gonna have to be physical and aggressive. That's the only way you can guard Jokic is push him off his spot. You know, if he's if he's trying to catch it at t- ten, you have to push him to fourteen type deal. You know what I mean? And that's on every single Jokic touch. You have to push him out farther than his spot. Without which, exactly. With that aggressive play, he's gonna get fouls. He's gonna be out of the game. If Bam's not in the game, there's not a single soul on the Miami Heat that will even remotely slow down Nikola Jokic. What? C Zelling getting the job done or what? My boy. <laughs> Cody Zeller ain't even Man, unless it's a blowout, Cody Zeller not log a single minute this series. There's no Big way. Zellington ain't logging a single minute. Did he even play against the Celtics? I don't remember yeah. him coming in. He yeah, did he for did. a little bit. Okay. Yeah. We'll see what happens, man. Game one. Let's hear game one take before we uh before we hop off here. I gotta Who's stick with it. it. He won every game one. They're pulling off something crazy. Nuggets are gonna be rusty. They sat too long. Not quite motivated. Maybe not motivated, but just not quite in it. Right, right, right. It's a little rusty. Yeah, I could see that happening for sure. I just think, you know, maybe maybe Jimmy's still hobbled by his ankle injury. Uh, he did definitely not look the same uh, throughout the ending of that series. He shot piss poor basically every game, 5 for 21 in game 6 or whatever. So I don't know. I think in, you know, all this game 7 stuff, you know, longer series – just played like three, four days ago. Uh, I think that might come back and ha- haunt them, especially going and playing in Denver's altitude. Um, so they're going to have to start. They're going to have to win the first quarter. If they want to win the game, they have to start hot, win the first quarter by at least five to ten points, and then they might be able to sneak out this win in game one here. But I don't know. I don't, this could get ugly. This could, like you said. This could be a blowout series. I do think, though, just the toughness, the grit of the Miami Heat, they'll be able to get a win or two. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. They're too good. So, taking Denver. Uh, I don't want to Denver and how many? I already said Denver and six. So Five. What's yours? Five? No, okay. six. Denver six? and six. I don't want to agree with you, but it just sounds, seems right. It just sounds right, right? Like. Boston had a better chance against Denver than Miami did. Well, duh. That's why I wanted them in it. That's you why wanted I them wanted in it because it because it's your team. That's well, why of you course, wanted. of course. But I'm saying, like, for the good of the people, for the good of the series, for the good of the finals, we wanted Boston in it. Better matchup for the good of humankind, the sports people kind. Real, real hoops fans will love this series. They will. If you old, actually like old boring heads that if you actually know what you're watching, NBA might like it. If you actually know what you're watching, adjustments, schemes, if you actually understand basketball like that, you will like the series. A lot of adjustments. Both coaches are veterans in this league. 
They will make adjustments on the fly from quarter to quarter, from half to half, from game to game. There's none of this freaking Mike Boonholes or bullcraps, none of this Joe Missoula bullcrap. No. These guys actually know what they're doing. It's going to be a great Does series. Does Michael Malone know what he's doing? Well, at I least the jury's more out. than freaking Joe Missoula. Wow. Well, I mean, this guy's been in the NBA. He's been a coach Ooh. in the NBA for over 20 years. Michael Malone he, knows more than me and you about coaching. Yeah. Woo, surprise. I'm just saying, he's, he's probably – could be totally wrong, but I want to say he's the third longest tenured coach in the NBA. Right yeah, yeah so. that's around it. For sure. I think eight years. Suppose that Something 15. Kerr like might be a little longer than Malone. Oh, yeah. Kerr. How, how did I forget about Kerr? Yeah, Kerr might be a little longer, but that, that one's pretty much the same, though. Yep. <sighs> well, Spinny, do you have any other uh, thoughts? Otherwise, we'll get... Our I'm gonna be rooting against my take in this series. We're gonna we're gonna be rooting for the Miami Heat in this series because I really don't care. I just want good basketball. That's all I want. Yeah, close games. That's what I want. Close games. Jokic and Jimmy Butler, great performances. I want to see the stars ball out and close games. That's all I truly care about. Facts. All right, Hardest Hardos. We will catch y'all next week for episode 61. 61. Hug your friends with that.